Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to The Guided Journey. This is a podcast that's going to take you on a spiritual expedition towards a deeper understanding of Islam. In each episode, we'll explore the teachings of the Quran and Sunnah and discover how they can enrich our daily lives. This is a journey we're all choosing to take together, myself included. So join me on the ultimate redemption arc. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us in this endeavor and allow us to discover just how transformative faith and reflection can be. Allahumma amin. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Episode one, when the sin feels unforgivable. This is going to be a tough one, guys, if I'm going to be honest. I mean, even the title alone makes me shiver a little bit. I wish I could poll you guys and see if this is a feeling you relate to, if you've ever felt like maybe you've committed some sins that feel unforgivable. But I'm going to just take a guess and say that probably this is a feeling that a lot of us can relate to. I actually got a DM the other day, which probed me to make this the topic of our first session. Um, And I'm going to read the message to you. So the person wrote to me, Jazakallah khair for all your videos. They have been and are continuing to help me so much. I've been having a lot of thoughts on how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is angry with me because I'm a bad person. I sin a lot. Could I be forgiven? And can Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala love me again? I know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is concealing my sins and I'm so grateful for that, but I'm such a bad person. Please help me. I know this may come across as silly and almost as if I'm looking for words to help relieve the guilt. (sighs) Subhanallah. 
So that's the end of the message. And I'm not going to lie, I get hundreds of DMs and they get really overwhelming. And I try my best to respond whenever I can and I try to do it with care and effort and I usually respond to them personally and privately. But this message, subhanAllah, really startled me a little bit. Um, And it did so for a couple of reasons. The first is because truthfully how relatable that feeling it is but also because of the hopelessness that kind of emanated from their words. They said, I'm a bad person because I sin a lot. I mean, that alone has so much weight to it. I don't know if I believe that sinning automatically makes you a bad person. The sin is bad, sure. And maybe if it's sin that's hurting other people and you feel no remorse and you're holding on to that sin with both of your hands and you feel entitled that you're allowed to sin in that way, maybe then I could start seeing how that turns you into a bad person. But what if it's a sin that is sometimes outside of your control? Or a sin that, you know, the temptation was just too great and you found yourself in an impossible position with an impossible decision? Or even if you knew it was wrong, but in every fiber of your being right now, you regret it. I don't know that I can look at all of those qualities and call that a bad person. The second part of the message that really jumped out at me was when they asked, is it possible that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can love me again? This part of the message makes me cry so much. This is someone who truly believes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has stopped loving them and that their sins have reached some mountainous level that there's possibly no redemption for them. That is such an overwhelming feeling to take on alone. And immediately the first thought that I have, and I'm assuming maybe your brain has already gone there, is that, okay, we all sin and we all make mistakes. But sometimes, if we're going to be honest, those mistakes are a bit steep. Sometimes those sins are a little bit more than a white lie to your parents. Sometimes the sin is a little bit more than gossiping behind your friend's back. Sometimes it's more than procrastinating and wasting time. Sometimes those sins feel so monumental that it feels like we're carrying a brick in our chest. It feels like we've committed the ultimate sin. And of course, as a result, you find yourself in this pit of guilt, regret, shame, confusion, sadness, anger. You feel all of this despair. There's this feeling of why did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. I messed up big time. And sometimes those feelings, they end up spiraling into, there's no way I can never take that back. I've angered Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala beyond imagination. And how on earth is he ever going to forgive me for this? Even if you've never felt this before, I want you to know that I am a thousand percent certain people in your family, people in your community, people that you know and love have felt this way before. And it's hard to make blanket statements. Right? I don't know what sins these people have committed. I don't know what sins you've committed. I don't know what sins feel like they've thrown you off your course and what sins are, have, feel like they've changed your life permanently and what sins make you feel like you're unlovable. But one thing I know for sure and one thing I've known for a while and will continue to hold on to is that forgiveness is one of the most important things in Islam. There is no understanding of the way we practice Islam without forgiveness. Forgiveness is literally a fundamental piece of our faith, and it's a fundamental characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
We hear it all the time. He is the most forgiving and the most merciful. So where I want to take us from here is probably a short exploration of just a few of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's name. I want to follow it with a few ayahs from Quran. And finally, I want to follow it with a few hadith. I want you to bear with me as I navigate through all of this because this is so important and I want to explain it with so much care. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's names. There are two in particular which immediately come to mind. Al-Khafar and Al-Khafur. These names, as you can probably tell, come from the same Arabic root word, Ghafara. And that means to forgive or to conceal. One of the things about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's names is that they can sound similar or almost repeating in nature. And it's not uncommon that you'll see or hear one of those names and think, wow, isn't there another name just like that? So Ghafar and Ghafur do the same thing for me. They sound similar, they come from the same root word, but according to scholars, even though these names come from the same root, their exact meanings have pretty minor yet significant variations. And this to me is mind-blowing and so beautiful. So let's start with Al-Khafur. This means the exceedingly forgiving or the all-forgiving. This refers to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's capacity to forgive us in large, grandiose, inexplicable ways. This name speaks to the quality of forgiveness and like the magnitude of forgiveness that we would receive from him. Al-Ghafar, on the other hand, this means the oft forgiving. And oft is kind of an old-fashioned way of saying often or frequently. So if something is oft forgiving, they are forgiving frequently. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in our understanding of this name, has proclaimed himself to be the perpetual forgiving, the often forgiving the frequent forgiving. This name is supposed to signal to us that no matter how many times we may fall into sin, we can always turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we can always seek his forgiveness because it is in his capacity to continually forgive us. Both of these names are mentioned in the Quran several times and I want to share with you some of the most life-changing ayahs that I've come across. And when I say life-changing, I truly mean life-changing. So the first ayah is from chapter 39 in the Quran, Surah Zumar. This is ayah 53. And I'm going to play it from my iPad so you can hear the beautiful tajweed that the reciter recites it in. Oh my goodness, if you knew, if you knew what this ayah translated to. In this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Say, O Prophet, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O my servants who have exceeded the limits against their souls. And this is referring to the people who have sinned so greatly and excessively, the people who have transgressed against themselves by doing so. To these people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Do not lose hope in Allah's mercy, for Allah certainly forgives all sins. He is indeed the all-forgiving and the most merciful. I feel like this ayah addresses this topic so sufficiently 
we could just have made the entire episode on just this one ayah, but I want to listen to it one more time. I'm going to play it from the reciter and then I'm going to go through it one more time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, O oh my servants who have exceeded the limits against their souls, do not lose hope in Allah's mercy, for Allah certainly forgives all sins. He is indeed the all-forgiving and the most merciful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing the same ones of us who felt that brick in our chest, those same ones of us who knew we exceeded our limits against our souls, who knew we made some mistakes, that if we didn't have the most forgiving Lord, the one that we do, we'd be in deep trouble. We'd wind up in Jahannam whether we want to admit it or not. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us explicitly that we can't lose hope in His mercy because He forgives all. Again, this ayah encapsulates so much of how we know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all forgiving and oft forgiving. But we're not going to stop there. There are a few other ayahs I really need you to listen to. Another ayah that I love is from Surah Taha. This is chapter 20, verse 82 in the Quran. <laughs> This ayah is so short, but is so equally beautiful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, But I am truly most forgiving to whoever repents. Whoever repents, believes, and does good, then persists on true guidance. It's incredibly interesting because in the ayahs leading up to this one, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is talking about his wrath. He tells us in the ayah directly before this one, that his wrath will befall those who transgress upon the things he has forbidden for us, and that whoever his wrath befalls is certainly doomed. He promises us his wrath and his doom literally in the ayah before this, and in the very next ayah he says, But I am truly most forgiving, and I am most forgiving to whoever repents, believes, and does good, and then persists on true guidance. He gives us the most simple recipe for success to repent, believe in Him, do good, and then persist in the good guidance we get from the Qur'an and He will be the most forgiving to us. This is so beautiful and should be so comforting for you to hear that all it takes is to repent and turn back to Him and He will forgive you for your transgressions. There's a few more ayahs I want to show you guys from Surah Al-Imran. This is chapter number 3 in the Quran, starting from about verse number 132.
In these ayahs, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us a very similar message once again. He starts by saying, Obey Allah and the Messenger so you may be shown mercy. And hasten towards forgiveness from your Lord and a paradise as vast as the heavens and the earth prepared for those mindful of Allah. They are those who donate in prosperity and adversity, control their anger and pardon others. And Allah loves the do-gooders. They are those who, upon committing an evil deed or wrongdoing themselves, remember Allah and seek forgiveness and do not knowingly persist in sin. And who forgives sins except Allah? Their reward is forgiveness from their Lord and gardens under which rivers flow, staying there forever. How excellent is the reward for those who work in righteousness. There is so much in just these short few ayahs. In the very first ayah, obey Allah and the messenger so you may be shown mercy. This is clear and this is a non-negotiable and this is clearly a prerequisite to have the mercy and the forgiveness bestowed upon you. We must obey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the messenger. We must affirm daily that he alone is worthy of worship and that the Prophet ﷺ is his final messenger. Then he tells us to hasten towards forgiveness from your Lord. To hasten towards it. Do not waste time in between committing a sin and then asking for forgiveness. Hasten towards it. And this doesn't mean that if you committed a sin long ago, you're not allowed to ask for forgiveness now. No, this is just a reminder for the future because you're already going to start asking for forgiveness for the things you've done wrong in the past. But from, from now moving forward, when you commit a sin, run towards forgiveness because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ready to give it to you. He gives us a few of the other characteristics of those who he loves. He tells us these are those who are mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They donate in prosperity and even while they are in adversity. These are people who control their anger and these are those who pardon others. This is a concept we won't be able to get into too much today. But if you are actively seeking the pardoning and the forgiveness and the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
you have to be ready to give it to the other inhabitants of this earth. The last two ayahs here are where we see the real crux of how amazing the forgiveness we are promised is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, they are those who, upon committing an evil deed or wrongdoing themselves, remember Allah and seek forgiveness and do not knowingly persist in sin and who forgives sins except Allah. Allah knows we're going to fall into sin. But he said, those of you that sin and then turn around and ask for forgiveness from me, you are the ones who know that no one forgives sins except for me. And then he tells us that our reward is always going to be forgiveness from our Lord. Not only will we gain the forgiveness that we are so desperately seeking, we will be given the gardens and the heavens and the Jannah under which the rivers flow and we will be there forever. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises all of this to those who repent and turn back to him. So this question of can Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ever love me again? Do you not hear these ayahs and bask in how much he loves you? How much he so profoundly wants to forgive you and wants to welcome you back. He tells you all you have to do is just ask for the forgiveness and I will give it to you. And not only will I give it to you, I will give you heaven just because you asked me for it. His promise of forgiveness is a show of his love for you. Why would he forgive you and promise you Jannah if he doesn't love you? He wants you to remember. He wants you to remember. He wants you to remember that not only is he the all-forgiving who can forgive all sins no matter what they are, he is also the oft-forgiving. He is the one who will perpetually forgive. He is the one who will day in and day out listen to your istighfar and grant you the forgiveness you so desperately seek. There is no greater love than this one. And if you are still still, still in this place of despair, in this place of sadness. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I want to give you just two hadith. I'm going to end with just these two and then we'll conclude inshallah. The first hadith literally brings tears to my eyes. I'm looking at it on my screen in front of me and I'm fighting back tears as I'm speaking into this microphone. This hadith can be found in Riyadh al-Salihin number 442. It was narrated by Anas ibn Malik, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him, who reported that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, Allah the Exalted has said, O son of Adam, I forgive you as long as you pray to me and hope for my forgiveness, whatever sins you have committed. O son of Adam, I do not care if your sins reach the height of the heaven, then you ask for my forgiveness. I would forgive you. O son of Adam, if you come to me with an earth load of sins and meet me associating nothing to me, I would match it with an earth load of forgiveness. Oh my goodness, subhanAllah, subhanAllah, subhanAllah. We have such a beautiful, beautiful deen that is only meant for those whose eyes are opened and their heart is opened to accept the softness and the love that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give us. He tells us, I forgive you as long as you pray to me and you hope for my forgiveness, no matter what sins you committed. 
He tells us, I don't care if your sins reached the height of the heavens. Do you know how high up the heavens are? It's above the sun. It's above the galaxies. It's millions and millions and millions of miles ahead of us. And even if your sins were to reach the height of the heavens and you asked for his forgiveness then, he would forgive you. He literally promises to forgive you. All you have to do is ask for it. The second hadith I want to share with you speaks directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's capacity as the oft forgiving. His capacity as al-ghafar or the perpetual forgiving. This hadith can be found in Sahih Bukhari, book number 97, hadith number 132. This hadith was narrated by Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, who heard the Prophet say, and I'm going to break it into a few parts because it encompasses a few different things. In the first part, the Prophet says, If somebody commits a sin and then says, Oh my Lord, I have sinned, please forgive me. His Lord may say, My slave has known that he has a Lord who forgives sins and who punishes for it. Therefore, I have forgiven my slave. So this part tells us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves that we are his servants who know that we have the ability to both be forgiven and punished for our sins, but we choose to call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on his names that promise us his mercy and forgiveness. Therefore, he will forgive us for it. This is beautiful. This is beautiful because this is one of the single points I use to refute people who say, how can you commit a sin willingly, knowingly, intentionally, and then ask for forgiveness when you already knew you were committing wrong in the first place. And my response will always be, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts the repentance of the believer who knows what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is capable of in mercy and in repentance and chooses to believe he will gain the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Second part of this hadith speaks to subhanallah, subhanallah. It speaks to how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive you even if you were to repeat this sin. And when you hear this hadith, I don't want you to think of all the ways you could use it to fit your agenda or how you can use it as an excuse to repeat the same sin or knowingly engage in haram. The intention of this hadith is to show you the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should you need it. It is not meant to give you a loophole to find ways to commit more sins without repercussions. But in this hadith, the Prophet sallallahu tells us, that if a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remains without committing a sin for a while and then commits that sin again and asks for repentance again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will once again say, my slave has known that he has a Lord who forgives sins and who punishes for it. And therefore I have forgiven my slave. And even if the slave does it for a third time, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives him yet again. You could not possibly exhaust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by continuing to return to him, by continuing to put your head on the prayer mats, by continuing to raise your hands in dua, by asking for forgiveness day in and day out. Who do you think would get tired? You or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Without a doubt, you would get tired of asking for forgiveness every second of every day. But guess what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will never get tired of granting you your forgiveness. 
he tells you, demands you to understand that he is Al-Ghafar and Al-Ghafur. He tells you he is nothing like you. He is the most forgiving, the all-forgiving, the oft-forgiving, the perpetual forgiving. There is nothing you could do that he couldn't possibly forgive you for, but... The sole, sole requirement is that you ask for that forgiveness. And when you turn up to him asking for that forgiveness, when you sit on your prayer mats and you are praying into your hands and you ask for that forgiveness, you must make the most sincere repentance of your life. You must call upon him using his names of Al-Khafar and Al-Khafur and tell him Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I am so sorry. I shouldn't have done it. I knew it was wrong. I knew you advised me against this thing. I knew you prohibited this thing. But I'm weak and I didn't mean to. And I'm sorry, Ya Allah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Never get tired of telling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you're sorry. Never get tired of begging for forgiveness from Him. Because in the same way he's promising you this forgiveness so easily, remember his wrath. Remember that there is a chance. There is a chance you could pass away before you ask for forgiveness. And that in that instance, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from this ever being our reality. But we can only assume the worst if we pass without making this istighfar. And if all else fails for you, if there is one thing I want you to remember, it is this bonus hadith I didn't tell you was coming. There is hadith narrated by Abu Huraira, may Allah be pleased with him, who reported that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala completed the creation, he wrote in his book with him upon the throne, verily my mercy prevails over my wrath. This can be found in Sahih al-Bukhari 3194 and Sahih al-Muslim 2751. My mercy prevails over my wrath. After he completed the creation, after he created our earth, our galaxy, all of it in its, in its infinite glory and beauty, and he created the humans, after all of this, he wrote in his own book with him as he sat upon the throne and said, Verily, my mercy prevails over my wrath. If this is not the word of a loving Lord, of a merciful Lord, of a Lord who wants to forgive us, then we're clearly looking in two different places. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us with the forgiveness we so desperately desire. May he grant us abundant reminders of his love for us and the mercy he's willing to give us. He alone we worship. He alone we ask for help. We ask that he guide us on the straight path and protect us from any further wrongdoings. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it difficult for us to return to the sins we tried so hard to distance ourselves from. Allahumma ameen. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us for our past mistakes and grant us the strength to do better in the future. May he purify our heart, our soul, and our actions and allow us to be among those who are truly repentant and truly deserving of his forgiveness. Allahumma ameen. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist-approved, so fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. And that's it for today's episode of The Guided Journey. We hope you found it informative and inspiring and that it brought you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Remember, the journey towards greater faith and understanding is ongoing, and we're all in this together. So keep seeking knowledge, reflecting on your own experiences, and striving to be the best Muslim you can be. I'll be back soon with more insights and perspectives on the beautiful path of Islam. But until then, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.